Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me this week for our recap of Weathering the Storm. Thank you for Myra for sharing her testimony. And I just love the fact that she was sharing that, you know, as a Christian, we're not immune to the fact that we have to weather storms. We know it intellectually, right? It's throughout scripture. We look at Jesus when he calms the storm. For some reason, it is within our DNA to want to believe that we can go through life without the storms of life, which really are just impossible. And I loved how she laid it out. You know, she talked about, um, I just jumped right in, didn't I? (laughs) Thank you guys for being with me this week. You know, sometimes I just get going and I forget that I'm actually talking to people. I'm just talking to myself here. But I love the fact that um, she talked about weathering these different storms, you know, the storms of grief. When she talked about losing her parents, um, losing her, uh, I think it was her father-in-law. She went on to share, I don't think it was on the recording, about a friend whose child became a quadriplegic. I mean, there's just so many traumatizing situations or issues that kept coming up. And um, she talked about having to weather the storm because each one of those waves of life are hard hitting enough within themselves. But then if we add them all together, you know, you add on the pandemic, you add on job losses, you add on all these things, it is so easy to just feel like, God, I cannot take anymore. One more wave, one more hit, and I'm going to go under. But if we just hold on, if we can just remember who's in charge of the storms, You know, it it just makes me think, obviously, you know, when Jesus calmed the storm, he's there sleeping on the boat and everyone's freaking out, which is what we do, you know, and he walks up and he goes, guys, have you no faith? Not in the storm. I think we tend to have a ton of faith in the storm. and, And honestly, I think that's probably the problem. But have we no faith? in the person whose ability to calm the storm is with us. When we forget that we have Jesus on our boat, that's when we panic. We panic, honestly, not because of what God cannot do, but because of what we have forgotten that he's already done. I look back over all the storms of life in my own personal life. And God is simply saying, BJ, look back and remember. When you lose sight of me, 
and you will lose sight of me. Just as Peter, you know, decided, hey, I'm going to take some steps on the water, and he lost sight of Jesus. And we all talk about that. Oh, he took some steps and he fell, but he took some steps. That's the positive. But if we look at it and see that when we lose sight, Jesus' hand reached down and grabbed Peter and pulled him up. I know I'm redundant. I say it every week and everybody's probably so tired of me saying it, but it's because it's so true. The hand of God is everywhere. The question is, do we see it? And then to go beyond that, when we see it, are we willing to grasp it? And that seems like it would be a no-brainer, but (laughs) let's get real. There are times when God has reached his hand out to me and I didn't want that hand. I'm like, you can keep that. I don't want to be in this storm in the first place. Why you got me here? (laughs) And that's just being real. Just because God's hand is there doesn't mean that we're excited about the journey. So when God reaches out his hand, are you willing to grasp it? And allow him to lead you to possibly where you do not want to go. I love when he says, Peter, hey, do you truly love me more than these? And he goes on and says, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. And I always think about kids, young kids, when they dress themselves, they're a mess. They're a hot mess. But you can't tell them that. You cannot convince them <laughs> that what they have on doesn't really work. It doesn't look good. You need to go change that because they think they're, they're, they think they're okay. That's us. That's us. We have redressed ourselves in clothing that we think looks good. We think fits us better. We think suits our personalities. And then God steps in with his hand And even though we're saying we want the hand, the hand may be asking us, as the scripture says, to stretch out your arms and let someone else lead you to where you may not want to go. I cannot tell you (laughs) how many times God has led me to where I did not want to go. You guys know my story, or at least most of you do, generally speaking. I'm not a people person. I am very content sitting quietly in the background. You don't have to know my name. (laughs) You don't even have to know I'm there. Just let me get my job done in peace and quiet, and I'm happy. But God's hand pushed me into places I'd rather not go. I didn't feel comfortable there. But yet, his hand led me there. That's what I mean when I say stretching out your arms and let God dress you. Are we fighting against God? I, I, you would think I'm a boxer because I have fought God for so many years. <laughs> I was bold enough to think that I could fight against the master and possibly, possibly, 
win. And even every time I lost a match, I'd take a deep breath, shake it off, wait a moment, and come back fighting. That is my makeup. What's your makeup? We all have what I call a default setting. What's your default setting? Your default is where you just go instinctively. (laughs) When God says, do this, and you don't want to do this, where do you go? Instinctively. Yeah, yeah, I know we can all will ourselves to do the right thing. We can all clear out our hearts and our minds and make ourselves do the right thing, and that's good. That's what repentance and change is all about. But I'm asking, what is your default setting? What is your natural that God is trying to grab a hold of and make it supernatural? Spiritually grounded. Unless we're willing to acknowledge that we have a default setting that is not what God wants, we'll never be willing to surrender it into his hands to become everything that he wants us to be. And it's amazing the twists and the turns God will allow us to go through in order to get there. I found it so fascinating as Myra was talking about what it was like living in Minneapolis during the whole George Floyd debacle. Those of us who don't live there, we all experienced it. The magnitude of what was going on in the world and how all-encompassing it was. Imagine living in that little city. She said, I was just blocks away from where the verdict was read. You could hear as she was speaking, the the city was on pins and needles, just as the world was on pins and needles. I was. But the hand of God was forcing us to look at things that we did not want to look at. And we still, honestly, would rather not look at them. But the hand of God is forcing us to do the things that we'd rather not do. Because our default setting will take us to ugly places with each other. Christian or non-Christian. I thought it was fascinating to hear her share that brothers and sisters, black brothers, white sisters, white brothers, white, we were sitting next to each other, uncomfortable, uncertain about where each other stood. God wanted us there, and I believe he still wants us there. He wants us to get a little bit uncomfortable. He wants us to acknowledge there's some things that are not quite right. I've dressed myself, and overall I've cleaned myself up nicely, but if I remove some of the coverage, what's underneath there? What's underneath it? And that I thought was incredibly fascinating 
that here we can be Christians, each and every one of us, with our own background and our own history, and yet still have things that need to be uprooted. We can be following the same God, loving the same Bible, but if there are things that are still underneath it that needs to be uprooted, it's been, it needs to be redressed. Unless we allow God to redress us, we're simply playing make-believe. Are we playing make-believe in our churches? Are we sitting next to each other? Claiming to love each other, but really underneath it, afraid to get close to each other in a way that really counts. And I'm not saying that's everyone. I don't know everyone. But I thought it was interesting. God was revealing that even as Christians, we've dressed ourselves, guys. We've dressed ourselves. And if you don't think you've dressed yourself, then basically you're also saying, I don't need God. Because everybody, every one of us, are in the process of being changed. What does that mean? We've been posers (laughs) all of our lives. The world has defined what we should be, how we should look, how we should act, who we should love, who we shouldn't love. We have junk that God wants to change within us. This one is a simple one today, honestly. It's, are we willing to pull back the covers, to strip bare, and allow God to redress us. We'll never do it unless we first acknowledge that what we have on isn't working for us. And I mean that, you know, unless we acknowledge that what we have on isn't working, then there's no reason really for a change. You know, I think back in in the 70s, that's when I was in high school, late 70s, I look back on photos then and I thought, shoot, I looked good. My bell bottoms, my my afro, I mean, you could not tell me that I wasn't rocking it. I look over it now and I go, it kind of looks a little crazy, a little silly, my platform shoes. At the time, (laughs) what looked great, hindsight. I can look back and go, okay, well, maybe maybe it wasn't quite so great. And no matter what your era is, you can do the same. We can look back at the 80s and the big old hairstyles, and we can look back. It doesn't matter. It's not like one era was better than another. We all had our mess-ups, and yet we thought we were the coolest things around. God is saying, I know that you think you're okay. I know that you think you're the coolest thing around. But I'm asking you, stretch out your arms and let me redress you. Because the time is going to come 
when we get older. It's amazing what age will do. (laughs) You look back and you go, God, I wasted so much time. So much time. You look back and you realize how foolish you have been. Galatians 3.3, are you so foolish? After starting with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goals by human effort? (laughs) I love that scripture. It was so convicting. When I first discovered that, I was like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to know this scripture. I never hear it preached or taught. Galatians 3.3, God is saying, are you so foolish that you want to do this your way? Guys, I believe the racial injustices, all the stuff that we're seeing is us trying to do things our way. It's not about who's right, who's wrong, what race are you? Are we trying to do all of this our way? Whether it's how we love each other, how we speak to one another, how we portray each other's walks with God. You name it. It all stems from the same thing. My way. I believe my way is the better way. What if we all as Christians, everybody who's listening to my voice, and I know that's not a whole lot, but there's is more than some. What if every one of us threw up the white flag today and said, God, I surrender. I surrender my way to your way. We would not have a George Floyd situation taking place if there was a surrender to God's way. We would not have the crazy mass shootings and crazy things, debacles happening left and right, if the white flags of life was being thrown up all around this world saying, God, I surrender my way. We've got to weather the storms. But weathering the storm is not how strong am I How much can I sail through? How much can I get through? Weathering the storm is acknowledging who's on my boat and being willing to do it his way. I love my God because that means I don't have to do this thing by myself. Life is overwhelming (laughs) and left to me. It it won't be left to me (laughs) because it is overwhelming. But I'm so grateful that God doesn't call me to do this by myself. And he doesn't call you to do it by yourself. He's saying, are you willing to surrender it to me? If you are, I can take this. I can make it right. Remember, our God, our Jesus on the boat, 
He speaks. The question is, are we listening? Do we hear him? He spoke to the waves. Imagine that. He spoke to water and the water listened. In the Old Testament, God spoke to the, to, the, to the frogs and the frogs, the plagues. Whatever God speaks to responds to him. So we don't just have anybody on our boat. We have on our boat the one who, when he speaks, everything stops and listens. <laughs> That gives me chills. I know every week I get chills on something. That was my chill moment. Everything stops and listens. What about you? If the whole world stops at the sound of our God's voice, who are we not to stop? Oh my goodness, who are we? To just push on, press on. God, you don't understand. God, you don't get me. God, if you were human, then maybe. Who are we? Guys, I made a decision. When my God speaks, I stop and listen. Because he speaks to me. He speaks in me. He speaks through me. That won't change. God has been speaking literally since the beginning of the word. You open up your Bible in Genesis, immediately God is speaking. He hasn't stopped speaking. We've stopped listening. My charge to us, remember who our God is. Remember who's on your boat. Take your eyes off of the waves as you're weathering your storms and listen. Listen. Because when he speaks, things happen. God's hand reached out and grabbed Peter and changed the course of his life. When God reaches out and grabs you, if you grasp his hand, it will change the course of your life. The question is, are you willing to grasp it? And are you listening? My God, we will be in the racial injustices and unjust, the unrest that we're in until the end of time. Because Too many of us are refusing to listen and do things God's way. Anyway, guys, until we are willing to grasp the hand of God, we will always be rocked by the storm. Are you weathering the storm? Our God is powerful. Our God is listening But I believe we as a world, as a society of people, have ceased to listen. We have so many storms 
physical, literal storms going on around the nation right now. Grasp God's hand. Grasp his hand. You know, last week we had some great friends come into town from South Carolina. It was really great to spend time with them. But beyond that, it was great to see that their lives are changing. Their lives are changing because their hearts are changing, because they are learning to to grab onto God again, to live again. And it was exciting to sit there and talk to Drew and talk to Leanne and to see what God is doing. And they had mentioned, BJ, you have a friend, Rebecca, in North Carolina. She said, I've never met her, but tell her she's got a friend in North Carolina. I thought about you, Rebecca, just so you know, I've been praying for you as the storms have been hitting North Carolina. And I think it really conjured up a lot of what I'm talking about today. When the storms hit, we don't get to choose those storms. We don't get to decide if that storm is going to be a light one or a hard one or a temporary one. All we know, if I'm in North Carolina or if I'm in Haiti, all we know is that I am in a storm that terrifies me. I'm simply saying, remember, you have a God in that storm that when he speaks, the waves Listen, we have nothing to fear and we have everything to gain. This week, let's grab onto the hand of God. Let's go in search of his incredible voice. Let's listen as he speaks his truth to us because that is what's going to truly set us free. Release your way and grab on to the one true way that makes a difference. Anyway, I love you guys. And until next week, be on the lookout for the incredible hand of God. Thank you everyone for listening in. I hope you've been enlightened and encouraged. I want to say thank you to my incredible guest this week and a special thanks to my music man, Mr. David Burnett Graham. Follow me on Instagram, everybody. And until next time, be on the lookout for the hand of God.